Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. Finishing our series, uh, Panic Attacks, tonight. Uh, We've been in this series for the entire month of August, and we've been addressing some of the things in our lives and in our world that cause us stress and anxiety and fear and panic. And so the first week, Pastor John Reeves was here, and he talked to us about fear of the unknown, uh, how sometimes the things that that scare us most are the scenarios that we invent, (laughs) things that that we make up and we imagine, and a lot of times things that we make a thousand times worse than they could ever even be. And then week two, we talked about hurry, uh, something I told y'all I'm really passionate about. Uh, I, I recommended that book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, Amazing book. I'm going to recommend it again because I've got the mic. So anyway, uh, great book. But we talked about a hurried life, the danger of a hurried life, and how Jesus lived a very unhurried life. That He was slow and intentional, that he saw people right where they were, and he took the time to meet them where they were. And we talked about how we need to live the same way. We need to carve out space for, for solitude and silence and Sabbath. And then last week, uh, we talked about loneliness and how we're called to be a people who fight loneliness both in ourselves but also in our world. And we talked about how we're going to try and be a service that every single week combats loneliness. And that means a greeting time, which I know some of you love and some of you may love a little less. but it's a good way for us to connect and become a community. And if it's not your cup of tea, go get a cup of tea, you know? That's why we have it. Uh, I came up with that this week, and I was pretty proud of it. But anyway, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about something that's a little harder to pin down. It's, it's a little harder for me to say this is the exact topic. But really, we're going to be talking about uh, the stress, the panic that comes from indecision. The stress that comes in our lives when we sort of have one foot in and one foot out when we don't surrender fully, when we're lukewarm. And this can be in a variety of places. This can be in our jobs. This can be in our relationships. And as we're going to see in our scripture, this can even be in our relationship and in our calling with Jesus. And so if you've got your Bibles, I'd encourage you to go ahead and pull those out. We're going to be uh, in, in the Gospel of Luke tonight in the ninth chapter, uh, verses uh, 57 through 62. I'll give you a second to turn there. Uh, like I said, Gospel of Luke, ninth chapter, 57 through 62. Of course, we'll always have it up here on the screen. Hear the word of our Lord. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Okay. This is one of the more challenging scriptures in the Gospels. It's, uh, at first glance, one that 
makes Jesus seem kind of harsh. So I want us to start tonight by really leaning into the text and pulling it apart a little bit, really diving in. Uh, First, we have a man who comes to Jesus and he says, you know what? I'll follow you wherever you go, Jesus. And Jesus immediately questions him. He seems to think that this guy is underestimating the gravity of what he is promising. So Jesus says, okay, that's great, but you need to realize that foxes at least have holes and, and, and birds at least have nests. But you and me, we may not have anywhere. <laughs> we might not have anywhere to rest or lay our heads. This is going to be hard, and you need to know that. You know, I wonder if Jesus sees this guy is taking his commitment to following him a little too lightly. Like it's a vacation or a little adventure to go on. When really, it's a holistic, life-altering choice that he's making. Jesus is saying, you can't half do this. So then we have a second man. And Jesus says, follow me. And he says, okay, but first let me go and bury my father. And that seems like a pretty reasonable request. Uh, But here's the thing about this. The way we read it may not be all that accurate. Uh, His dad may not have been on his deathbed. Most likely he wasn't. Most likely his father hadn't already died. Scholars seem to to say, because trust me, I looked at a lot lot of commentaries this week. Uh, Scholars seem to think that what he's saying is, hey, my parents are older. So give me some time. Let me kind of see them off. Let me wait until they pass away. And then, later on, I'll come find you. We'll get to work. I'll follow then. So it seems at first like a pretty sensible request may have just been procrastination. He says, Jesus, I'll follow you, but not yet. And then you have this final guy, pretty similar to the second. He says, Jesus, I'll follow you, but let me go say my goodbyes. And Jesus says, those who look back don't really understand the significance of what I have come to earth to do. It's kind of an encapsulation of this entire text. I think in our scripture, we see a dangerous tendency that so many of us have. We say exactly what these three men in our scripture say. Jesus, I will follow you, but. And I hate to admit it, but I have, I have been just like these men. I have said those words way too many times. I've tried to negotiate with God. I've tried to justify the things that I want to do, even when I know in my spirit that it's not right, or that it's not in, in, uh, in line with God's call on my life. And I hope, as I confess this, that I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. Uh, St. Augustine, who I'm sure y'all are going to get sick of hearing me talk about, but St. Augustine grew up as kind of a wild child. Uh, he tried to find purpose and meaning in everything he could, and everything that the world offered. Uh, he was also quite a womanizer. He had many relationships early on in his life. And he once, half-jokingly, half-seriously, said that he would pray this prayer. He'd get down on his knees and he would say, Lord, give me chastity and self-restraint, but not yet. And don't we do the same thing? Jesus, I will follow you, but not yet. 
Jesus, I will follow you, but give me some time. Jesus, I'll follow you, but not there. Jesus, I'll follow you, but don't make me do this one thing. Jesus, I'll follow you, but let's make a deal. I'll do this for you, you do this for me. That's a dangerous game to play. Because I have learned and I have experienced that in those moments when I refuse to surrender, in those moments when I have one foot in and one foot out, and I sit in that place of indecision, that is so often when panic attacks. That is fruitful ground for the enemy. See, sitting in indecision can be a perilous, difficult place for us to be for too long. And if we aren't careful, our decisions can be made for us. I found a, a great story this week about uh, former president Ronald Reagan and how he learned this lesson. When Reagan was a young man, his aunt came to him and said, I want to buy you a pair of shoes. Anything you want. We're going to have them custom made. And so they went to uh, the cobbler in town and they were talking to the shoemaker and, and he said, what do you want your shoes to be like? And he said, well, I want brown leather. He said, okay, brown leather. And he gave him his size and he said, well, do you want a square toe or a round toe? And Reagan just could not decide. He said he liked both. That certain ones were right for certain occasions. He could not decide. And so the shoemaker said, well, why don't I give you a couple of days? You come back, and then you can let me know. So a few days go by, and Reagan bumps into uh, the, the cobbler on the street, and he asks him again, what kind of uh, uh, toe tip do you want? Do you want rounded or squared off? And again, Reagan, for whatever reason, still could not decide. And so the shoemaker said, come by in, in a few days, three or four days, and I'll have your shoes ready. And so Ronald Reagan was so excited, he waited the few days, and he went in uh, to the storefront to pick up his shoes. And when he did, the cobbler dropped down these two shoes, and they were beautiful brown leather, but one had a square toe, and one had a round toe. And Reagan told this story later on when he was president. And, and at the end of telling this, this strange little story about buying a pair of shoes, this is what he said. He said, I learned right then and there that if you don't make your own decisions, someone else will. And isn't that kind of what happens in our text? These men in, in our scripture, they couldn't make up their minds. They weren't really all in. They refused to surrender. They were lukewarm, and they get called out for it. They, they, they find out that there are consequences for indecision and excuses. They say, Jesus, we'll follow you, but... And we all say that way more than we should. Jesus, I'll follow you, but not there. Jesus, I'll follow you, but not, not now. I'll follow you, but make it easy. This is, is a tendency of us as human beings... And really, it always has been. I love what uh, Dutch theologian and the great medieval author Thomas Akempis wrote. He's the, the author of uh, Imitation of Christ, which is widely considered to be, I mean, just one of Christian literature's greatest masterpieces. Uh, but this is what he says. Jesus has many who love his kingdom in heaven, but few who bear his cross. He has many who desire comfort, but few who desire suffering. He finds many to share his feast, but few his fasting. 
All desire to rejoice with him, but few are willing to suffer for his sake. Many follow Jesus to the breaking of the bread, but few to the drinking of the cup of his passion. Many admire his miracles, but few follow him in the humiliation of the cross. And the challenging question for us tonight is, are we a part of the many or the few? Are we a people of, I'll follow you, but? Or are we a people of, I'll follow you, and? When Jesus calls us to something, we don't rattle off a long list of buts. We don't give all of our conditions and contingencies. We don't procrastinate. We don't take it lightly. We don't do any of the things that we see in our scripture. We don't try and negotiate with God so that we can get the terms that we like. When Jesus calls, we don't say yes, but. We say yes, and. Uh, You may have heard that phrase before, yes, and. Uh, It's a big part of improv comedy. Uh, It's sort of the motto of improv. Uh, Some of you may remember Kyle Austin. Uh, He was on staff here at White Chapel for many, many years. Uh, But in his spare time, Kyle also worked at Dallas Comedy House. He did a lot of stand-up comedy. He also was a part of an improv troupe. And so Kyle was all about yes and, and this is something that he brought to our staff for a really long time. Uh, In fact, he once led a meeting here at the church with all of our staff where he split us up uh, into groups, and we had to pitch ministry ideas to each other. And the one condition was that no matter what was said, you couldn't back it up. You could not say no. You could only say yes and. You could only add to it. And so someone might say, let's do ministry with refugees. And someone else would say, yes and, let's have a big event in Evans Hall. And the next person would say, yes and, let's provide fried chicken for dinner. And the next person would say, yes and, let's have a mariachi band. And the next person would say, yes, and let's invite local organizations that offer support. And on and on and on. Yes, and. And I thought this was such a brilliant way to brainstorm new ideas. Because, to be honest, for our church staff, like anyone, and probably like anywhere, we have a tendency to say yes, but. Jesus, we want want to follow you, but this idea probably won't work. We want to follow you, but no one would come to my ridiculous event. (laughs) We want to follow you, but we can't try that because it's already been done. This idea of, of yes and is incredibly freeing. I think it liberates us from the chains and the bondage that comes with indecision. I'm sure many of us have felt it before. I know I have. There's an unbelievable relief that I have felt in my life and in my spirit when I have just opened myself up to God. Because I'm a lot like a clenched fist. Do it with me. Clench your fist right now. Clench it tight. It's not super comfortable. Right? But in those moments when I finally let go and release it, there's... There's a freedom in that. There's a relief in that. In those moments when I'm trying to control every little thing, and then I I let it go and I say, Lord, take me wherever you want me. Do with me whatever you would like. 
it feels good to let go of my plan. Sometimes we just have to learn to stop and go with the flow, to let God lead us. We don't have to control every little thing. And sometimes beautiful things are, are born out of that. It's kind of like when a director is making a movie and they allow the actor to ad-lib lines. That freedom and that trust has produced some of the best lines in cinema history. So let me give you just a, a few famous lines that were ad-libbed uh, by the actors. I'm king of the world from Titanic. Uh, the most famous line probably from Titanic it wasn't even in the script. They tried dozens and dozens of different things and nothing was working. And finally, someone yelled this out almost as a joke. And Leonardo DiCaprio did it, and it's stuck in the movie. All right, here's the second one from Casablanca. Here's looking at you, kid. This classic line from a classic movie wasn't in the original script. Rather, it was something that Humphrey Bogart said to Ingrid Bergman when he was teaching her how to play poker off screen. And she thought it was clever, and so they put it in the movie. And here's a scary one. Uh, here's Johnny. I've only seen that movie once. And that's all I'll ever see in that movie. I'm a scaredy cat. Uh, Jack Nicholson shouting, here's Johnny, probably one of the most memorable moments from The Shining. Uh, but that line was made up by Nicholson. They did 60 different takes, which means he destroyed 60 different doors. And this is the one they picked. Uh, or another kind of scary one, you're going to need a bigger boat from Jaws. Uh, this line was actually an inside joke. It was something that they had been saying to the production team because the production team was on this tiny little boat following them around, and they, were, they kept making fun of them, saying, y'all are going to need a bigger boat. Well, eventually they thought that was funny enough to put in the movie. Look, the point I'm trying to make is that when Jesus places a call on our lives, we have two choices. We can say, yes, but. We can clench our fists. We can live halfway in and halfway out. We can stick to the script, try and cover all our bases. But in that indecision, panic can attack. We can find stress and, and a sort of paralysis. We can say, yes, but, or. We can say, yes, and. We can exhibit a little trust. We can release our clenched fists. We can do a little spiritual ad-libbing. And out of that, sometimes we can find ourselves in places doing ministry, living lives that, that we never thought we would. We need to have a yes and faith. We need to make sure that we don't make the same mistakes as the men in our scripture. That we don't constantly say, Jesus, I'll follow you, but... I'll follow you, but it has to be comfortable. I'll follow you, but not until it fits in my schedule. And instead, let us say yes and. I'll follow you, and I'm going to tell others. Yes, I will follow you, and here's what I have to offer. Yes, I will follow you, and let's go now. I'm excited. Saying yes and takes trust. And it can be scary. But there is a freedom and, and a relief and a real peace that comes when we put aside our plans and our agendas. When we stop trying to wrestle and we just trust where God is leading us.
And so uh, I want us as a community to try and take a step in that direction tonight. Uh, I want to give us a really tangible way that we can begin doing this. Uh, because I know that it is really easy to get up here and say all this, but this is hard to do. Because it takes time, and it takes discernment, and it takes courage. And so tonight, uh, I want us to start uh, with a prayer that John Wesley wrote. Because this idea that we're talking about tonight is extremely Methodist. Uh, at the beginning of each new year, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, uh, would gather all those together who called themselves Methodists, and they would have a watch night. They would have a covenant renewal service on New Year's Eve. So they would come together and they would recommit themselves to going wherever God called them that year. To going out into new communities, to doing new forms of ministry. It was their way to surrender at the very beginning of the year. It was their way to say yes and, and not yes but. And they would do this by praying the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer. You've probably uh, heard this before around here, but I want to read it to us tonight because I, I really do think it, it encapsulates our message. It really is a prayer of surrender, a prayer of yes and. And so I, I'm going to read it to us. And as I do, I, I want to pray this over all of us. And I want you to feel free to do whatever is comfortable. If you want to just pray it, read along privately in your heart, you feel free to do that. If you want to whisper it to yourself, you're welcome to do that. If you want to shout it, you'll probably get some weird looks, but you're welcome to do that too. Uh, so this is, this is what Wesley wrote. This is the Wesley Covenant Prayer. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. May that be our prayer. That when God calls, we wouldn't be a people who say yes, but. A people who clench our fists and try and control. But instead, that we would be a people who are willing to ad-lib with the Lord. To show a little trust and to learn to say yes and. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, we pray tonight that we would be a people who learn to ease up. <laughs> a people who stop trying to dictate you and tell you where we're going to go and what we're going to do. God, give us the courage to trust where you lead us. Give us the strength to get up and go. Lord, we don't want to negotiate anymore. We don't want to offer you our lists of conditions, what we're willing to do, what we're willing not to do. 
God, we know that your purpose is so much bigger than all that. So Lord, I pray that we would spend our lifetime living into that purpose, living into your calling. And God, if there's something on our heart tonight, something maybe we've been feeling you pull us toward or pull us away from, God, I, I pray that you would just give us the spirit encapsulated in Wesley's prayer. Let us be full, let us be empty. Let us have all things, let us have no thing. We freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. We pray all this in the name of our rock, our Savior, and our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.